0: Are you an entrepreneur just getting started in creating video content for your business, or have you been creating it for a while and it's just not hitting the way that you want it to? Welcome to the Video Simplified Podcast. My name is Diana Gladney, and I'm going to help you with the tips and the strategies to amplify your business and your brand using video. So if that's something that you're into, let's get started with today's episode. What is up, entrepreneurs? Welcome back to the Video Simplified Podcast with your host Estamos, Diana Kalatney. This episode today is going to be a little bit different. This was a live recording that we did over in Clubhouse. So if you are um one of the supporters on the Buy Me a Coffee page, which is buymeacoffee.com forward slash Diana, then if you've left something there, then you have, or not left, but if you donated something there, then you would have got notification for that. In addition to if you just are on Clubhouse as well, first time we're doing a live podcast, audio only recording, and then had a little bit of a QA and a afterwards. We're not going to include the Q&A session here, um, but if you want to take part in these and you are on Clubhouse, you can, you know, at me at Uh or not.com, at Diana Gladney and follow me there. <clears throat> Excuse me. If you're an Android user, uh, Clubhouse has updated and said they will be dropping the Android version in about three to six months. So you have some time. If you're not, so, and eventually it will drop to the podcast as you're listening now. So let's go ahead and jump over to episode number 51 of the video simplified podcast for this week's episode. I think the, the whole, the whole thing with imposter syndrome is that most people are identifying with it because it's easier to identify with the disease versus just going ahead and accepting that there's a cure for it first. You know, most people are fine with accepting that it is a disease, so to speak, dis-ease, Right? They're more comfortable with that than they are with the idea of just identifying what a problem is for the fact and the problem. Not not really for the fact, but for the for the thing of solving it. And I don't, I don't, I don't get it. I don't get it. So, but you know, the more I thought about it, the more I did research on it the more I found that there's been other words, other phrases around this, like writer's block, like lack of motivation, like overthinking. There has been tons and tons and tons of ways that you could phrase this when it comes to imposter syndrome and it just seems the 2020 slash 2021 version of this is imposter syndrome. Again, writer's block, creative block, motivation or lack of motivation, overthinking or not thinking enough or whatever the case is. And honestly, when it all boils down to it, whatever it is that you're looking for online, you'll find it. Whatever it is that you're looking for, you will find it. Whether it's the truth or a lie, if you really are gung-ho on believing it and pursuing it, you will find it. So let's give some context and definitions here. I'm a big person that's on definitions. I fully want to understand what it is that I'm saying or whatever. I don't, I, I don't like hearsay. It's, it's crazy, but a lot of adults, they live off of hearsay, what they heard somebody else said versus like verifying. So I'm like, I have to go get definitions, verifiable proof for everything. I'm that nerdy. So two definitions and two statements kind of come up here. The first one comes from an article that Time did. And you know, Time is well-known, go to time.com, well-known, you know, and it's an article called how to deal with imposter syndrome. They like, it's real, everybody deals with it. Everybody has it. Yeah. I'm not really for all that. That's not me. However, nonetheless, let's go off of what the article says. It said imposter syndrome being defined as the idea that you've succeeded That's only due to luck, not because of your talent or your qualifications. And this was identified by two psychologists back in 1978. That article goes on to identify what some of those feelings around imposter syndrome are, or what it feels like to be going through that process. They listed off perfectionism or being a perfectionist setting extremely high expectations for themselves, even if they meet 99% of their goals, they still feel like they're a failure. Second thing that they listed was experts, feeling like if you, you have to be this expert, you gotta know all the pieces of information before you start a project, constantly looking for new certifications or trainings to improve your skill. It's another sign of, that they say of uh, somebody that's feeling like they're dealing with imposter syndrome. Third thing is like the natural genius. God forbid the one time that they have to struggle and they find it hard and have to work hard to accomplish something, something or something that they feel that they should be good at, but they're not good enough. They're, the skills aren't coming easily. They, they, they have to put in effort, more effort. So to them, their brain is telling them they're fake. They're an imposter. Fourth thing is soloists. Feel like you got to accomplish everything all on your own. If you need to ask for help for anything, you have now been a failure. Or if somebody finds out that you had to ask for help, oh my goodness, you're a fraud. Fifth thing on this list that Time listed in their article for people that are feeling like they're dealing with imposter syndrome is Superman or Superwoman. This is from Time.com. Time.com push themselves to work harder than those around them to prove that they're not impos- imposters. They feel like they need to succeed in all aspects of life at work, at parenting, at being a partner. Um, and they may feel stress when they are not accomplishing something. These are five things that again, time.com listed, you can go check that article out. It's called how to deal with imposter syndrome. However, I would say that don't waste your time. <laughs> There's a second definition that talks about this just so we can all be on the same page here. That imposter syndrome, this comes from Wikipedia, and I don't mind Wikipedia because they source content together and even still is kind of like the voice of the people, in my opinion. They listed off some things um, as to what imposter syndrome, quote unquote, is as a psychological pattern in which an individual doubts their skills, talents and accomplishment and has a persistent internalized fear of being exposed as a fraud. Now, we've gone through the definitions, we've got all the nitty gritty out the way. So we all on the same page about how this is technically and psychologically being declined. And I call BS on all of it. Because all that this is outlining is people have belief system problems, people have limiting beliefs. And again, it's easier to say that you have a disease around something or a problem versus it is just to go take an ibuprofen and the headache disappears kind of a deal because it's very easy to deal with this. And I am just not the person that's gonna sit there and be like, oh, it's okay, let me pat you on the back. I'm not that person. Nor do I want to, in my educational content, be the person that says it's okay, just take your time and just let, no, because sometimes you need a kick in your butt. And I just kind of feel like this episode is gonna go there for it, so <laughs> brace yourselves. Here's how you deal with imposter syndrome. I wrote down five things. There's five keys, five strategies, if you will, to dealing with imposter syndrome, because all it really is, and all this boils down to is being more comfortable with your constraints than you are with the idea of the achievement of who you can become and what you can achieve. If you believe that you are a fraud, but you haven't done nothing, how can you be a fraud if you haven't done anything? How can you be a fraud if you're showing up and being yourself? However or whatever it is that you're doing. Unless you are specifically impersonating a person, the idea that you're going to quote unquote be found out is kind of silly. So let's, as I have conversations with friends, let's let's kind of discredit the devil a little bit here. So If you're believing that you're a fraud and that you cannot do something, or you cannot achieve something, you have a belief system problem. Beliefs can be changed. Beliefs can be adjusted. Beliefs can be corrected. You have to initiate this though. And it starts by becoming uncomfortable with where you are and what you're doing and what you're saying to yourself about yourself. It's just like saying, No, I'm stupid. I'm an idiot. I'm really dumb. I, I don't understand things. If you heard somebody say that in normal conversations, we would have a problem like, What are you talking? Like, what are you? But somehow we've become normal. We're normalizing these negative and limiting beliefs about ourselves. And somehow it's becoming okay when we say them to ourselves. So the first key that you need to start dealing with imposter syndrome to cure this for yourself, if you will, is personal self-development. The problem is a lot of people don't read, don't like to read and and further find more excuses for why they can't. You have audible that will literally read you the book. You have cliff notes, versions of things that will give you the synopsis of things. Hell, even if you just read a page a day, we read text messages all day long. We read blog posts when we need to find something. We read all kinds of things. We come, we read recipes. We'll read the instructions for an Ikea table. Some of us (laughs) will read, you know, we'll read whatever it is that's relevant to us that we like or that we want. Oh, let the shade room make a post to say this person, this celebrity is cheating on this other person. Here's the article. You spend some time reading that. Oh, here's what's happening with the government. You won't believe what they're doing with this. We'll read the article on that. Oh, you won't believe that this amazing person that we all have loved have just died. Nobody knew that they were doing this. You'll read that. So your interests and your skills can be developed. And again, just accepting like, oh, I'm not a reader. Sure you are. You read things all the time. How much you read differs. So if one page a day, Is what does it for you by all means. Go for the gold. But personal self-development is going to be key. Key. And I'm not just going to say, go read something. I got five books for you. Five books. Now, if you're listening to this, you can probably take some notes, screen recorded or or whatever the case is on your phone, if you're listening to this on a podcast. And then take note of these, add it to your Amazon cart, And I'll be sure to add this to the show notes so you have access to these. Go to Amazon and buy these books. You can go to Audible and listen to these books and have somebody read it. And some of these books are old enough that sometimes they're free. Hell, even YouTube will pirate it (laughs) and just list it out for free. The first one is called The Magic of Believing by Claude M. Bristol. B-R-I-S-T-O-L, The Magic of Believing. Little orange corny book from where well, I got the old school version. They're much better covers, but that's also why I love the book fair, because I can get old original copies for pennies on the dollar and then the new version. But book is nothing. These books, you probably can grab them for a dollar if you like used maybe 10 bucks or something like that. You spend worse money on a two for 20 at Applebee's. So <laughs> The Magic of Believing by Claude Bristol. All these things start with your mindset, how you view and your perception of a thing. And just because you have a perspective of something doesn't necessarily mean that you're right. That's the difference. We've kind of like culturally come to this place where as long as, you know, somebody says it or they want to believe it or they want, you know, want that change to be like we're, we're honestly in a point in our in our cultural isness, like we ex- everything is acceptable. And I'm not for that. <laughs> like. Oh, did let people believe what they want to believe. No, because sometimes people are wrong. And then we have to have conversations like this to address stuff that you're literally killing your dreams with your words because everything is acceptable and people just want to let you make you. Nobody wants to hurt anyone's feelings these days because it's uncomfortable. And this and sometimes you need discomfort to have discovery of your dreams and like that you really want to achieve. Sometimes discomfort is necessary. Even in natural progress of things. Discomfort is necessary. I'm pretty sure seeds have to struggle to break through the ground. I'm pretty sure it's really hard for a baby bird to crack through a shell to be born. I'm pretty hard. I'm pretty sure it's kind of hard or difficult for, you know, just all these different things to happen that are natural occurrences that we don't think anything about. And yet they happen. I'm pretty sure it's hard for women to literally push through and birth a whole human out of their body. And then they go back to work like nothing. That still baffles me personally. So just because something is difficult and hard or it's gonna have a level of discomfort doesn't take away from the necessity that may be there for it to actually need to happen. Second book is by Norman Vincent Peale. This is a classic. You can if you think you can. Similar to how I said, whatever it is that you're looking for online, you'll find it whether it's the truth or whether it's a lie, you'll find it. You'll find the answer. So the same is with your thinking and your mind. If you think that you can not do something, you can do something. If you think that you cannot do something, either way, you're right. I believe that was uh, Henry Ford that say, whether you believe you can or you can't, you're right. Our subconscious mind can only say yes. It doesn't know the difference. It's not morally sanctified if you will like it it doesn't work like that it's simply whatever you put in all it can say is like okay yeah we're going to work towards cheating so if you say you suck it's going to say got it we're going to continue to do things that like and you're like I don't know why I did that of course you don't you're just allowing the negativity and everything else of whatever negative self-beliefs negative self-talk to just eat away at you and somehow it's okay however when you do the uncomfortable work of replacing that language, watching what your language is, it, it changes. And I'm going to go through these other things because we just on cure number one with the books, personal self-development. And this is like audiobook. It don't matter. It don't matter. So much free information out there. Hell, even podcasts are out there solely on the books. So you can if you think you can by Norman Vincent Peale. Napoleon Hill's Keys to Success. Some people... Have an issue with uh, reading sometimes the language of Napoleon Hill's uh, work because it's old, and I am extremely fascinated by it. I absolutely love it. But the Keys to Success book—the reason why I picked that one and not, um, you know, the Law of Success in in 16 Lessons or Thinking Grow Rich—is because this book is a combination of both in a way that is digestible for the average person. So again, the book I highly recommend. uh, Napoleon Hills keys to success. The 17 principles of personal achievement, incredible book, incredible read the next one, book number four, the magic of thinking big by David J. Schwartz, all of the, the, the cornerstones of achievement of how you think, how you process it starts with your personal belief system for a time. If this is new to you, you're going to have to borrow sometimes people's belief systems and that's okay because I'd rather you borrow somebody's belief system about you achieving and doing great things. than borrowing the belief systems that maybe were embedded at you at, at birth of our family always has this, our family always carries this disease. No, y'all carried that disease. Y'all <laughs> dealt with that. That ain't for me, not for me. Even to the extent when I go to the doctor, what disease is running your family? None. Cause it stopped. The buck stops here. No diseases running my family. I don't care what great ain't Tiola, somebody who ever had ain't, it ain't happening over here. Well, what is your mom dead? Nothing in Jesus name. Amen. <laughs> that was some real stuff. And like, okay. I mean, what you going to argue with me that I'm believing better for whatever it is that they're dealing with is curable. Is it not? If there is a will, there is a way. Come on. Book number five, also an incredible book by David J. Schwartz called The Magic of Getting What You Want. The Blueprint for Personal Fulfillment. This book back in the 1970s, 80s. These books are not new. So at the same time, we have this article by Time that's saying in 1978, these two psychologists developed. They said, no. And at the exact same, whatever it is that you're looking for, you'll find it. All of these books are old as hell. Older than me for sure. Old, old books. There's always these new revisions of the books by, you know, whether it's the Nightingale Nightingale Conant um, or it's the Napoleon Hill Foundation. They always revise those for just like language and stuff like that. But I went and got the old joints. So, again... The same concept, the same theory, whatever it is that you're looking for, you'll find it. So at the same time in 1978, these people were saying, no, no, we found that imposter syndrome is a real thing. At the same time, you got all these authors over here saying, yeah, and so what? Because there's a cure. So the fact that we live, not just in my belief, the implementation age, we've we've advanced into, excuse me, not the information age. We've advanced from the information age to the implementation age. We're no longer at the point where we're just like, oh, man, the Internet's great. This is not the early 2000s. We're a little seasoned now. We're in the implementation stage. You can now implement on the information that you're. the gatekeepers are gone. They don't even have a job anymore. That's the sad thing. They don't have a job anymore. There's nothing keeping you from achieving the things that you want other than your belief systems. Your belief systems then in turn, based on how you're willing to perceive and just pursue what it is that you're believing for. Or keep you for where you are at, which is also going to be this. There's going to be discomfort either way. I just figure it makes sense to be uncomfortable and actually achieve a better life inside and out. Second cure, verbal affirmations, verbal affirmations, not oh, I'm thinking about it. i mean, no. You have what you say. You need to say these things. And even if you're not a spiritual person, it kind of don't even matter because some laws are just laws anyway. The law of gravity exists no matter who you are and where you come from or what you believe. The law of lift also exists, which is why planes, airplanes, rockets, and all of the things in between can exceed beyond that. So there's laws, universal laws that are applicable no matter what. Verbal affirmations are going to be extremely important because you've been so used to saying so many negative things about yourself to yourself. You have normalized your body is physically resonating with this. When somebody says your name, your whole physical essence responds to it. When somebody says somebody else's name, it's ignorable. Such is the same for your belief system that when you have said something that your body has become comfortable with, it's the same. Your body's like, yep, that's what we believe. That's, yep, we, we checked out everything. Everything works out. Yep, that's what we believe. We believe we can't do it. We believe we're not good enough. We believe that person over there is better than us. We believe that somebody else is going, even when we get started, somebody else is going to pop up at the same time and be way better than us. So, if your ears your body your mind responds first of all to your voice more than anybody else's voice you need to be verbally affirming the truths that you want to become reality for you bible says you know uh saying those things that be, be not as though they were or whatever it say because i look i ain't trying to get all that spiritual I, it's somewhere in there that on it <laughs> call those things that be not as though they were don't let me get on somebody's, in somebody's church. I'm gonna mess it all up, you know, but I believe that what you say matters at the end of the day, verbally affirming what you believe about yourself. That comes into play with the cure. Number three, quality control, community, quality controls. Who are you hanging with? I love the people that I'm around because my goodness, let me fall into a state of just lack and limiting beliefs around an issue. And it's been super hard for me personally dealing with the stage four endometriosis and when it's really bad and it's really hard for me, I fall. In my words, I fall in my affirmations, I fall in my belief systems and thank God to have good people around you that can say, and that at that time, like I said earlier, if you borrow somebody else's belief system, that's when that matters. And if you don't have quality control around, people like, man, I feel bad for you. Well, hell, that I feel bad for me too. You ain't helping. I mean, like, shoot, what you here for? <laughs> it's like, it's like you fall, and they like, man, you ain't rolling down the hill fast enough. Let me kick you. It's like, no, I need your help. If I cannot verbally affirm, if I'm in a weak state of mind, help me, dag on it, help. Okay, shoot. What are you here for? So if you are starting in a new journey of anything, you need to do some community quality control and assess who are you friends with, who is around you. And they could be amazing, loving, good people. I'm not for the ride or die. Can we ride and thrive? I'm I'm just saying, yeah, I don't, I don't understand the hood rap mentality around that. We're going to ride until no man. I'm like, no, we can ride and thrive. But I ain't dying, you know, no, not with like as a group. No, I'm not with this. (laughs) Like, like, no, this is not my jam. So who you hang with? like, And that was something that when I was 22, then had to do it again, just like a different seasons, progressive, like, because as you come to know people, the closer that you get to people, the more that they will expose their belief systems that they have about themselves to you. They feel comfortable. Okay, cool. Once somebody shows you who they are, believe them good or bad. And sometimes it's hard to distance and, and put distance between you and a friend. That's like a, they're a good person, but they're not good for where you're going. And that's the difference. They're, they're good for you right now, maybe, or they're just cause they're like, just because that, like, I I, I don't understand that either, just because you're a good person does not qualify you to be in somebody else's life. like like, I, I'm sorry. I don't know what everybody else's qualifications are of a good person, but most people I kind of feel like are good people for the most part, but that doesn't qualify them to be around you. So you got to do some community quality controls. Who are you hanging with? Can they affirm you when you're in weak states of mind? Do they know the dreams and the goals that you have and they stand on them and they believe on them and they pray with you? Bible also talk about two or two or three or, or gathering two or more gathered in the mist. There he will be also. That's cool. Even still, when again, no matter what you believe, when you're verbally saying something, go back to cure number two, you actually release energy out of your mouth. You can hold your hand at a whisper and say your name and your hand still physically responds to it because you're expelling energy. Napoleon Hill talked about in his book, think and grow rich about sending your words ahead of you to accomplish the work that you're going to get ready to do. And I believe that I say, I say my words as if they are employees. So as my word that goes out from my mouth shall not return to me void. That's something that I say Constantly. I believe that what I say is going to go out like an employee, probably the better than employee. Okay. Joint venture capitalist. I need to put some more credit on that thing. You know, just like better than an employee, you know, not a wage earner, (laughs) but a secondary belief system to go out ahead of me. So when I get there, it's already cultivated the landscape for my beliefs. Fourth thing is going to be spending time working in your craft. I think sometimes people fall into the thing around imposter syndrome because sometimes you will get access to something that you are not ready for. And now you're in a position where you like, I am not ready for this. And I don't know what to do. Let me show you. I have the skills of an actor and an actress, and <laughs> I'm gonna pull this thing off one way or the other. So come into it comes into play some humility around. Knowing when to say yes and have a belief that even when you're put in an uncomfortable situation, to believe in yourself that even though you may not be as prepared as you want to be, you can still do it. And also having the wisdom to know that you sometimes need to say no to things. And that's okay too, because there's no fraud in saying, I cannot do that. think it's a whole lot of wisdom in saying what you can and cannot do, or even knowing just because you can do something doesn't mean that you should do something. I think that's huge. So when you spend time working in your craft, you're constantly being in the trenches. I love the stories of the United States paratroopers, the 101st airborne, because it talks about their leader. And it goes into how he was always going out with them, if they, which they always had to be on the front line because as a paratrooper, you're jumping out the airplane, you are parachuting down behind enemy lines, and you're always going to be that first layer of quote unquote protection. But when they were first getting started in the United States military's history will tell you, they kind of paid them blood money because they knew most of them may not make it off the plane. And should they jump, some of them won't make it to the ground. And for those that make it to the ground, they are still in one hell of a situation. But they did it anyway. And that's the same is true of other, you know, military entities across the world. But I'm very inspired by the 101st Airborne because their military leader always was with them. He never put them ahead of himself. Lieutenant Winters Winters at the time became general and all this other stuff. But if he was telling them to go, he was going first. First out the plane, first to get to wherever the base was, first to do, like, for, he's going with them. And so being a leader who leads, like, you can't lead the way unless you're willing to pave it. So spending time working in your craft is exceptionally exceptionally important it's vitally important because again you can't lead the way if you don't know where you're going and if you're not spending time working in your craft you kind of are like it does you no good to kind of lead the way because you just to get everybody killed <laughs> you know that being the case if you stay in the trenches in your craft in your work you're constantly learning who can call you a fraud There's always another level. There's always another level. Who can call you a fraud? Who can say you're fake? Because you haven't achieved some level that somebody else is at. Everybody has. And that's the thing. We all go through the same stages and phases. So the timing that you go through them is, is really irrelevant. So who could say that you're a fraud because you're at the beginning, the middle, or the end of your journey? We recently lost an incredible woman, incredible human being, Cicely Tyson. And when you are at the end of life, you're at the end of your physical life journey. So who could say that she was a fraud at any stage of her career? Let's just keep it at acting. Who could say that she was a fraud because at the end of her journey, guess what they went and did. They recounted all of her story, the beginning, the middle and the end. So at what point was she a fraud? If at the end of her life journey, they recounted the beginning, the middle and the end, because if there was a fraudulent period or something, then they would just say, yeah, we're just going to go from the middle to the end of her journey. No, they recounted it all. At what point would she be a fraud? She was always constantly spending time in her craft. Her, her autobiography also came out, um, book, that book came out recently. And it's interesting, I haven't read it yet, but there's passages that I'm reading from it that speak about how much she was getting paid or how much she wasn't getting paid for some of the first pieces that as a kid I saw of her. And I'm like, this was amazing. Or it would be me being the dirty kid that I always was make me go back to my mom and ask, how do I research more about this or what was going on at this period? Or why did this happen in the movie here? Or what, you know, all the different things. And we grew up with little blue encyclopedias all over the house so I could actually go research some stuff. But my mom would spend time recounting to me historical events and things as to why a role or a way that she portrayed a role, like why it mattered or what was going on at that period of time that I couldn't make make sense from present day to at that time frame that she was portraying or whatever the case was. She always spent time working in her craft. At the end of all of our life's journeys, they go back from the beginning the middle and the end. And this is not to get morbid, but it's just to, again, we're going to kind of dispel the devil here and just say, how can you be a fraud if your whole life journey becomes important? So every stage, every step becomes important. The fifth, fifth cure here is going to be mentors. It is not meant for you to go the journey alone, period. It's a, I think it's an ancient, I want to say African proverb. I'm not sure, but we'll give them credit and <laughs> happy black history month, <laughs> but it's an ancient uh, proverb or something that talks about, if you want to go fast, go alone. Now it's more to that, but let's just pause there. Fast doesn't mean nothing. Like who is the fast part for? It's for you that says nothing of significance in helping other people it says nothing of relevance to the communities of people that you probably run by it seems very dismissive but life is not meant to be lived alone experienced alone and in every cultural anywhere even those that have not been impacted by modern society still live in communities So there's no historical reference ever anywhere in any part of the human existence where a human being was meant to do something by themselves, nor was surrounded by a community. Hell, even Jesus had people around him. So how do we figure living in the best time that we'll possibly live in, which is today? We somehow need to go it alone mentors are going to be the key to unlocking doors that you otherwise would not have had access to. Sometimes our vision needs to be corrected and adjusted and mentors help with that because they see you along your journey and where you're going and what you're doing, and they notice you about to hit a speed bump. Don't trip, keep running. There's this long stoplight. Don't turn the car off. Just hold fast. You'll be fine. It'll seem like right when you're ready to give up, then the light will change. Little stuff like that makes the difference in telling. Even GPS systems update when you're driving or you're going out of town or something to tell you in this area, traffic is really going to slow down. It's going to take an hour to get through this. At least you enter in that with expert expectation knowing that what the time frame is or what you can come to expect even if the time frame changes because you know eventually you will get out of it mentors help to do that when it comes to you actually being able to progress along your journey and again have that community quality control but from somebody that has already gone the way believes in you, can affirm you, but also can check you and tell you when to stop doing something that doesn't make sense. Imposter syndrome is curable. It's curable. Went through five different things. Personal self-development being number one. Number two, verbal affirmations. Number three, community quality controls. Like who are you hanging with? Who are you keeping around you? Really quantifying. And qualifying who should be and how many. Because sometimes you got too many voices speaking around you and saying stuff about you. You got too many people in your business. Don't have no reason to be around you. And for some reason, you keep them around. And whether it's comfort or not, or comfortable or not, sometimes you have to get rid of those people. And you may be in a season where you probably might be by yourself until you replace them with pet better people. Number four, spending time working in your craft. How much time are you spending working in your craft? I mean, if you are not spending time in your craft, what are you doing? Are you studying? Mentors also going to be extremely vital and important. Don't go it by yourself. I just think this is extremely important and imposter syndrome is curable if you want to cure it. So that's why I'm gonna leave it for today's episode on dealing with imposter syndrome, um, leave a rating or review for the video simplified podcast. If you haven't done so already and. Don't let this imposter syndrome thing get the better of you. You got this, you can do this. And as I love to end my podcast episodes, the winds of life blows on us all, but it's how you set your sails. So was that helpful? Did you get some tips out of that? Did you get something that you can implement today? If you did, make sure you leave a rating or review for the podcast helps get this show more exposure. Make sure you leave that five-star rating and review. I'd love to hear your thoughts and also share it with a friend, somebody, you know, needs some help with their video content strategy. Thanks for tuning in. I'll see you on the next one.